Defense doesn't just win championships. Sometimes it wins fantasy leagues. And their defensive line, especially the interior, is getting better. Digizua, Watkins, they can rotate guys in. So he isn't really a tackle-heavy guy at this point, but he's a top 15 linebacker who does those big plays over the past four weeks. This is the IDP Heat Seekers. Hello, hello, hello. It is Monday night, and you're on Roto Heat's YouTube channel, so you're with us, the IDP Heat Seekers. I am Craig Reith, and with me always is uh, Austin there. Austin, how's your Monday going for you? Pretty good. Not bad. I'm uh, excited about today's show for sure. Uh, been looking forward to this one for a little while. Always love to talk about some linebackers. Um, so excited for today. Overall, the day's been pretty good. Got some warm weather here where I'm at. How about yours? Yeah, it's unseasonably warm here too, um, where nice. it was like in the, the 50s, which I'm not going to complain about, but then it starts raining a bunch and you just never know what you're getting. We had, I think, nine different tornadoes, of course, with that huge storm coming through Wisconsin, oh, yeah. nine different tornadoes touched down in the state. And one of them was a town over and it didn't do a ton of damage. But, you know, that sort of fun stuff this time of year oh. for America is always something. Yeah. Yep. I know about it. I live in Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> you guys get it every year down there too. So yeah, yeah, it's fixing to get get started. Speaking of getting started, though, let's kick this show off. Yeah, we're doing our 2023 rookie linebacker review pre-draft, of course, here, and we're going through the different positions. So a lot of you guys are going to see names in here, and you might be thinking, "Oh, that guy's more of an edge." You know, he's an outside linebacker. You know, he might be able to convert to a defensive end in some formats. Linebacker is a loose term in fantasy football these days. So you might see some guys, you might think, well, he's not a traditional linebacker. And they might not be. But we're going to have an edge section. We're going to have a defensive line section. So we'll probably get through all the top names, really, that we can in a course of, I don't know, four shows, I think it is. But if you hear something that you don't uh, see us cover, or hear us cover, rather, shoot it to us on Twitter. You can see our Twitter handles down below. Put in the comments on YouTube. Go into the Facebook or Discord. Let us know who you want us to talk about if there's someone we haven't, and we can certainly throw them on um, during one of these reviews. But uh, Austin, linebackers, um, most of these guys are actually, I think, probably going to be either outside linebacker or inside linebacker in the NFL. But who would you like to start us off with? Well, let's start the show off right. Let's talk about a linebacker who I think is is really underrated, um, and it's probably not the linebacker you're thinking of, but – uh, he tested extremely well in his RAS. Um, he was highly productive in his, uh, you know, last year in, in Iowa. And um, we're talking here about Jack Campbell. So uh, Jack Campbell's a three was a three-star recruit in the 2019 class. He's going to turn 23 in August. Uh, he spent one year at Iowa and one uh, year at Cincinnati, and then he went back and, and spent three years at Iowa. So uh, he's been around college football for a little bit uh, for a little while. He was first team All Big Ten player in 2021 and 2022. Uh, he won the Buckus Award um, and the William B. Campbell Trophy. Uh, he's a unanimous All American, and it just goes on and on. Um, so Jack Campbell, we're talking about him from Iowa. Uh, outstanding RAS score, um, just unbelievable. You look at the production in college in 2022, he had 125 total tackles, five and a half tackles for lost and a sack. So uh, he's just creating plays all over the field. He's a tackling machine, always seems to be in the right place at the right time. Um, but I'm curious, what are your thoughts on Jack Campbell? So I do like him, and I think he's probably going to be in that first group of linebackers taken in the NFL draft. 
he does have outstanding size, like you mentioned. I mean, 6'5", 240-some pounds, plus the athleticism that you mentioned, not only in the fact that you know they tried him out uh, tight end for a year, it clearly didn't work, um, and then what he did with his testing. So he's a guy that I do have pretty up high in my rankings. When I'm looking at him in terms of stuff, so some of the stuff that you could probably improve upon here, um, you know, coverage with his size, it's harder for him to, you know, get out there in coverage, especially man coverage zone. You know, he can do a bit better. And um, he's not as fluid or flexible necessarily when you see him play. Sometimes he gets caught up. But I think part of that might have to do with, again, just how big he is. You know, you think about a linebacker, he's 6'5", 240-some pounds. There's not a lot of linebackers that size in the NFL. He's all right with pass rushing, but he's really good at taking on blockers. He's a great tackler, like you mentioned. He's a smart player. High effort, high energy, which you want to see, and he does all right in zone comparatively. So I think there's enough there between the college production, the athleticism, and then what he did put on the field with a lot of the things that he might need improvement on being things that you can fix, you know, when you go along. I just think it's going to be interesting to see how he's used at the NFL level, due to, again, just to that sheer size. I mean, you think about his size, you might think of more of an edge guy, but uh, he really does fit to me as more of an inside type of linebacker. Yeah, it. You know, I, I don't normally like to make like pro comparisons, right? But I'm trying to recall and I'm, I'm searching as you're talking about a linebacker that used to, he was playing for the Steelers a few years ago. Uh, he, he left the Jags and went over to the Steelers. Who am Joe Schobert. Joe Schobert. He, he kind of reminds me of like a Joe Schobert type player. He's not super fluid in the hips. Uh, he's, he is actually, you know, relative, relatively athletic, um, but he's not the kind of person that I agree with you. You want to put on, you know, coming off the edge necessarily or even in coverage. He's, he's not quite that explosive, but what he is is a sure tackler. So I, I really like him as well. I think he will be in that first group of linebackers coming out. All right. Well, I will jump to a guy that uh, my opinion has changed on over the course of this. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. We're switching up here to Noah Sewell. So he was the number one overall recruit, five-star recruit in the 2019 recruiting class out of high school. He's only going to be 22 years old. And he's had four years. I am looking at the wrong thing here. Sorry. Back that up. I'm reading the wrong notes here, everybody. Uh, he was a five-star recruit in the 2020 class, number 13 overall. So he turns 21 just like a couple days before the NFL draft starts. Three years at Oregon. He was a Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year in 2020. First team all Pac-12 in 2021. Second team in 2022. He's 6'1 246 pounds. So this guy is uh, packing on some size and strength just in terms of muscle and the base that he has there. And when I look at him, if you're talking about 15 year ago, years ago in the NFL, I think he might go really high. But the problem is with the way today's linebackers are used, he doesn't have what you want for a guy in coverage or speed. Um, he really feels like he's more of that throwback to the two-down thumper type mm-hmm. of linebacker. Got that size strength. He takes on blockers and sheds them well. He's improved his tackling. Um, got good strong hands. Pretty good pass rush when he's called on to do it. But, you know, fakes and misdirection he doesn't do great with if he's, you know, out there um, as far as trying to cover a tight end or a running back, something like that. And, again, the coverage issue, I think, just is going to be a death knell to what his upside could be at the NFL level because you see guys that are out there doing it all. 
and I'm not saying he's going to be that guy, but then you compare him to like a Jermaine Pratt who has a really nice floor and a decent ceiling just in terms of those tackles, but he's not going to be out there making those big plays in coverage and on the field all the time for those obvious passing downs, which just limits that upside. So I certainly think in the right system, he could be viable linebacker in the NFL, but that ceiling just isn't there. And the more I looked at it, just isn't as exciting without that and those deficiencies in coverage. What did you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, when I watched Noah Sewell play, I thought, oh, my goodness, he's slow. Uh, <laughs> and he, he lacks some of the explosion that I would like to see, you know, for a guy that size. Um, I, I mean, he's made a lot of plays, right? So, you know, you look at what he did in 2021 when he had 114 tackles, eight and a half for loss and four sacks. So he's in there. He's making the plays. Um, but the 40 is not the most impressive. I mean, it's not awful, um, but it's not the most impressive. You know, 465. Um I really think that's going to be his biggest downfall is I see him struggling to be a dynamic piece for any defense at the NFL level and also to be a versatile piece. I think that, um, you know, with Noah Suo, what you're going to get is um, very something very, very specific. I don't think you're going to get something that you can um, move around in the defense and make work wherever he's at. So uh, that part kind of scares me. Um, I, I agree with you on that. Um, and so for that reason, I kind of had him lower in my ranks. Like I, I always did, you know, just from the moment that I, I watched the film, I haven't really moved him down much. Cause I'm like, how far down do, you, do I want to move him? So, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, I hate to be too negative, but you know, because he's still going to get drafted high. I think, you know, all the boards are saying he's going to get drafted high. So it's still worth monitoring, you know, watching where he goes, he might actually go into a system where he's a really good fit and that could certainly change things. But um, the prospect himself, I, I mean, he doesn't just excite me. Yeah, and we see guys every year, whether they're rookies thrown into that situation or veterans, same thing like Rashawn Evans, where he was out there all the time for Atlanta. He didn't do great in coverage either. You know, he was just more of the same sort of thing where he's a guy that's going to get you the tackles and he's going to get you a lot of them, but you put him out in coverage and it's probably not going to be the prettiest. He could end up on a team where he's, you know, they're building, rebuilding, whatever it is, trying to see if they can – build him into that piece where that coverage can be something he expands upon. And we'll see, you know, some guys are able to do that once they get the NFL, some just end up being what they are. But yeah, I, I probably had him too high initially in my rankings here. And uh, that could change again with draft capital, like you mentioned. So who you want to move on to here? Let's uh, let's go to another under the radar guy that I I really like. Um, This is Muhammad Diabati. Um, Diabati when you look at the scoring, uh, I mean, his RAS score, he, he did pretty well, right? His broad jump was really good. Um, his 40-yard dash, he ran a 4.52. Um, explosive 20-yard splits were really good. Uh, free cone and shuttle drills he did great on. Um, so he tested out pretty well. Um, and then you look at the production. He's been pretty consistent, right? So in 2022, he played for Utah, obviously. He came uh, transfer from Florida. But during his three years at Florida, I mean, he racked up what, over – 160 170 tackles over three years um and then in 2022 he threw up 58 tackles 13 and a half of those for loss and five five sacks um this is a guy who flies around the football field and is actually kind of a pivot from you know the last guy we talked about noah sewell uh diabati is the kind of guy that um 
what's the what's the guy for the Raiders right now? Uh, you know, again, I'm blanking. What's the guy for the uh, Raiders that was a safety that converted? Divine Diablo. Diablo. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of that kind of player, right? A guy who you could see maybe playing the safety position and then converting to a linebacker. So um, he's extremely diverse. I love his athleticism. Love the way that he plays, uh, plays so fast. And he's a sure tackler. I mean, he's able to blow it up in the backfield, get to the quarterback. So he's really a diverse piece. You could move around and I could see uh, making a, a run for somebody's job, you know, if he lands in the right spot. So uh, what are your thoughts on Diablotti? Yeah, so reading, you know, about him and when we're doing our studying and all that. So apparently he was an edge player for a couple of years um, and then they moved him more to the inside. So having that versatility, like you mentioned, uh, Sewell may be lacking that. That uh, NFL teams seem to be really gravitating towards that, whether it's sort of that safety linebacker eligibility, or not necessarily eligibility, that's a fantasy football thing, uh, but that versatility that they have out on the field. It's the same thing where, you know, if you're an inside guy throughout a lot of college, but then you start expanding into being more of a pass rusher, teams like that because it changes up the schemes that they're able to have on defense, move you around, disguise coverages. So I do think that's important. He was productive, like you mentioned. I like his instincts. Um, one of the things that I, you know a lot of these guys are probably going to have to work on once they get to the NFL level, but I noticed for him, block shedding was another one of them where once he gets engaged, um, just because part of you know getting more to the position, he's going to have to improve upon that. And whether it's a strength thing, I didn't necessarily see that with him like I did some other prospects where you know once they got up against a lot of linemen, they had trouble with that. But uh, – we all know the competition gets better at the NFL level. Um, he's got good size, though, you know, 6'3", 229, where he could probably play inside or outside backer. He's got the pedigree. So, yeah, I mean, he's an interesting guy that uh, in our next ranking here is probably going to be moving up a bit for me. Yeah, agree with that. All right, and we are moving along here. We're moving into our fourth guy. And... All right, we're going to go to – make sure I get my pronunciation right – Dan Henley. So he was a probably the lowest recruit in terms of his rating coming out of high school. He was a two-star recruit in 2017. Uh, talking about versatility, he started off playing wide receiver at Nevada for two years, then he moved to a defensive back for a year and two years at um, linebacker. Um, and then one year at linebacker for Washington State where he ended his career. So he's an older prospect. You can probably guess by that amount of time that he had in college. He's going to turn 24 in November. He was second team all Mountain West in 2022 and first team all Pac-12 in 2022. As you can probably think by a guy playing wide receiver and then, you know bouncing around here, he is a bit of a tweener size-wise, 6'1", 225. Um, but he's a guy that coaches really liked and uh, talked a lot about in terms of what his instincts were and, you know, his effort that he gives out there. Speed, coverage, those things are positive for him. He has different uses and he is explosive, you know, when he knows where he's going and what he's doing out there. You might run into some problems with his size if you're going to be using him just solely as a linebacker and you know, he doesn't have the size to be an edge. So is he one of those sort of safety linebacker combos that we've seen, you know, become more popular in today's NFL. I mean, that could be his future if he does end up sticking on a team, being a starter. Um, he's going to still have to develop more. He's still learning the position. It's kind of something that you would expect, and that learning curve is only going to get steeper at the NFL level. But the um, stuff that he's shown in terms of special teams value is going to certainly get him on a team and probably higher. 
than some people might think. And that's going to allow him to be productive and show the team in practice what he can do on defense. And hopefully he can find a slot there. I think he's probably going to have a longer career because of just what he can do on special teams and teams are going to value that, whether he doesn't being a depth piece or a starter, but in the right team, if he can develop, I think he certainly could be a starter on an NFL team. It's just going to matter on how they're using him because I don't think he'd hold up as just a linebacker, you know, for his whole career. They'd probably have to be moving him around. How did you yeah. feel about him? He's a bit of a different guy from a lot of these guys on our list. Yeah, uh, initially I had him ranked um, higher, but I've, I've kind of moved him down my list as I've watched a few more guys. Um, he does a few, I mean, he does play extremely fast and you see that on his, uh, athletic score, you know, runs a four five, uh, four, five 40, um, which is pretty good for a linebacker, obviously. So, um, you know, he can move, he can do some things, uh, you know, and, and that might be a great fit for special teams, you know, a guy who can get down the field, um, six, one, two twenty. So he's got, you know, decent size, but he's not really the biggest or, um, you know, the biggest guy on the field. So. Uh, for him, I think that he's a guy that, you know, he's going to get drafted, right? And and then he's probably going to spend his rookie contract on one team. And we'll see, you know, injuries and things happen. Um, opportunities may present itself at some point for him. And uh, we'll see what he does with that opportunity when he gets to the league. But, you know, a lot of times with guys like this, um, you know, you worry that they might just get lost in the depth chart and never really make it off of a rookie contract and go anywhere else. Um, I kind of have those concerns for Henley. Um, you know, I, I think that's about where I would put him in my rankings. A guy that, I don't know, if you just wanted to take a flyer on him really, really late in a really deep league, may stash him on a taxi or something like that, see if it works out after a year or two. Um, but otherwise, <clears throat> I struggle to see him having a, a, a permanent home anywhere in the NFL. Yeah, and it all depends, again, sort of where he ends up in terms of that positionality. If teams just view him as an undersized linebacker, and that's, you know, the trajectory of that in special teams, he probably doesn't become a starter. But if they think that they can move him around, is, you know, maybe an inside guy that they move to safety or nickel at times, maybe he ends up being a starter and he has more fantasy football uh, usefulness for us. But right. he, he's going to be really interesting because he's one of those guys where that draft capital is really going to tell you what the NFL thinks of him and if he's going to be able to make it. Yep. Where do you want to head to next? Let's look at the list here. Let's go with, um, man, let's go with a guy that I had pretty high on my list. Um, let's talk about Evan, or I, excuse me, Ivan Pace Jr. from Cincinnati. Um, Ivan Pace Jr. is a two-star recruit in the 20, uh, 2019 class. Um, he spent three years at Cincinnati, uh, at Miami, and then uh, one year at Cincinnati. Uh, oh, maybe he spent three years at Miami, Ohio, and one year at Cincinnati. I'm not sure what that says. But yeah, he's the first Miami first. Yep, and then his last year was at Cincinnati here. Sorry. Yep, so he's the first team All-Mac in 2021 and first team um, All-AAC all AAC. Um, he was a unanimous All-American AAC Defensive Player of the Year in 2022. Now, he's 5'10", so he's a little short, uh, but 231, so um, he's a pretty thick guy. So or let's look at his RAS real quick. And um, so the first thing that sticks out to me, he does run a 4'6", obviously for his size. Um, that is uh, pretty good. Six foot 230, 240 is what he's coming in at, um, according to the uh, sports reference. 
Um, but you look at his production, man, the last two years, 136 total tackles in, in 2022 for Cincinnati, 20 and a half tackles for loss and nine sacks. Uh, the year before that, 2021 at Miami, Ohio, he had 125 total tackles, 13 tackles for loss and four sacks. So uh, he is no stranger to a very high level production um, in college football. Um, you would have liked to have seen him tested better. Obviously, you know, some of the RAS scores are a little underwhelming compared to the other guys in this class. But listen, uh, athleticism isn't necessarily everything. This guy has proven that he can play football, right? Anytime I see unanimous All-American, um, that jumps off the page to me. Um, and when you turn the film on and you watch this kid, I mean, I think he's really good. And I think there's a reason that I had him high in my rankings. I'm not super discouraged by the uh, testing. Um, but I guess that is something that you should probably keep an eye on. I guess the other part of this is we talk about it all the time. Where is he going to get drafted to? What kind of draft capital is he going to get? Um, what kind of opportunity is he going to get right away in fantasy football, you know, in the NFL? Um, if he gets the opportunities, um, see what he does with them, if he can capitalize on them. But he is a, a prospect that I really, really like in this class. I, I think, you know, when I look at this list, I would probably honestly say, and I have him in my top five very, very comfortably. He's the guy that reminded, and I wasn't surprised when he was on your list of the guys that you were interested. Um, he reminds me a lot of the guy that you loved last year, Malcolm Rodriguez, just in the fact that, you know, he's a guy that loves to go out there and tackle. He's a smart, instinctive player that, you know, just going to throw down <laughs> with those guys on offense. It's going to matter a lot. You say it for everyone, but he's not one of these people where you can feel confident that he's going to be, you know, even a day two pick. There, there's a good chance that he ends up being a day three pick in large part because of his size. Now, is he going to go higher than Malcolm Rodriguez? I think probably he will just yeah. because of he was more productive and then those awards that he won, you know, that this is a lot about the guy like you mentioned. He's going to have problems if they ask him to play in coverage. I didn't see a whole lot that I liked there. That, you know, you can guess not doing well in coverage. There was some quickness and separation stuff where guys were able to get away from him. That, again, for today's NFL isn't great. If he's a day three pick and he – doesn't go to a situation where immediately it looks like there's an unsettled linebacker core ahead of him. You might be able to get him as a free agent, not even draft him, depending on how deep your league is. And you certainly wouldn't be those guys. If he's a day three pick, you can probably stash on your taxi squad for a while. That said, you know, we saw it last year with Rodriguez, he got some playing time and he was productive. He looked great out there. Is the team bought into him? That's really what's going to matter for that long-term success. So I don't think I'm as high on him as you are just because of, he has those issues with coverage, which is big in today's NFL. And then the size teams sometimes shy away from it, and that can lead to guys breaking down sometimes. Uh, whether or not that happens, again, it remains to be seen. I, I hope he does well and proves his fall around because I sort of love those underdog stories where those really productive guys come out and just blow things away when you don't expect it. Not exactly the same, but like Sanborn last year, no one was expecting him to do that when the Bears signed him as an undrafted free agent. So love the story like that. And certainly those stats just pop off the page when you look at what yeah. in college. Yep. I mean, you say, I say it all the time. All, all it takes is an opportunity. And I, that's how it worked out for Malcolm. And Malcolm, by the way, was an uh, unanimous All-American himself, I believe. So um, it, it worked out for him. If it works out for uh, you know, Ivan Pace Jr., where you think he's got a, a pretty good path to playing time, um, which I, I thought the whole time for Malcolm, because I mean, I'm not a, I've said it pretty pretty often i'm not a huge fan of anzalone <laughs> i don't yeah. think he's very good um but yeah i mean he could land in a similar situation i sure hope so 
All right. Well, before we get more into the linebackers here, we're, we're about half done with our list. So thank you again, everybody, for watching us here on Roto Heat YouTube. Make sure you hit that like button, the like button, and subscribe if you have not already. I'm sure you have, but uh, you can find us on all of your podcatchers too. Our shows usually come out a couple days afterwards. You can search for the IDP Heat Seekers on there, and of course, make sure you tune in for all the other fantasy fantasy shows we have here. The Dynasty Heat Seekers Fantasy Buffet, working on some guillotine stuff, and you can find all of our written content over at RotoHeat.com. Discord, I can send you a link in the comments again for that if you're interested, and you can find us over on Facebook. So we're all over, as well as in addition to the Twitter handles you see below. All of the fantasy shows. All of them. (laughs) Oh, boy, we're getting through here. We're going to go to another guy that it uh, was interesting to me how there's not a ton of talk about him. Owen Pepo. So he's a five-star recruit in 2019. He's number 25 overall. So, you know, high high school recruit. He's going to be 23 years old in August. So that's not too bad at all. And he had four years at Auburn. Uh, size isn't uh, anything fantastic either. You know, you're looking at a guy that's six foot, 225. Um, so certainly more of an inside guy here. And I, I will say, because uh, Austin brought up on the last guy, you can search all over and find. Uh, different sizes in terms of weight, uh, height for a lot of these guys. You might see differences as much as two inches or something like that. It's all going to depend on where you're getting it. When I'm able to, I get it from NFL.com. Not saying that's the most accurate, but usually that's stuff that they take from Pro Day Combine or whatever. Um, so if you want to write me a message about this guy's actually six two or like maybe he is, but uh, you know not all <laughs> sites are made equally in regards to that. So anyway, going back to who we're talking about here. Um, his tackle numbers never really jumped off the page. You know, he hit 90 combined tackles a couple times. He did have some big plays in terms of, you know, few tackles for a loss, few sacks. He just seems like a guy with that pedigree that he came out with that he ended up being less of a finished product than I would have thought, you know, because he played a lot initially even. He played 13 games and he had 49 tackles, so he really didn't start a ton in Auburn, but he played all four years. He's a great athlete. I mean, you know, his athletic score, relative athletic score. Um, you pull it up. That's a nice one for him. But again, size isn't great. He had trouble getting off of blocks, and he had more missed tackles than I'd like to, which isn't a death knell. But uh, really exciting guy to watch, um, but just didn't produce a ton, which makes me a little bit worried for his prospects in the NFL where you're athletic, you get the opportunity, and you just don't do a ton. Now, Auburn does have other guys that we've either talked about in prior shows or going to talk about here um, that are going to be in the NFL as well. That might have something to do with it, but he just left me wanting more. And it seems like, again, more of a project than I'd hoped. But what did you see on him? Um, I definitely saw a guy that has great range, um, a guy yep. who could play off the ball and make it just about anywhere on the field before the other guy does. Uh, you see that in his RAS, you know, the guy runs a 4.3940, just blazing fast, right? Um, at 6'1", 225, this is a, a this is a guy who, you know, I could see finding a spot in more of a nickel role, um, but especially maybe where they think that they need someone who can come up and make the play too, right? Like he can run with anybody, um, and he could also come downhill and make a play. Um, the size seems to be a good fit. Um, 
I think that he's going to be a product of opportunity again, you know, just finding his way to the right team in the right situation. You look at some of the comps here on this ROS page. And um, of course these are just relative to his athletic score, but you know, Christian Harris, Brian Asamoa, those are two names on that list that um, pop to me that um, you know, Brian Asamoa more obviously than Christian Harris um, extremely athletic and did some things that you really like to see in the, at the college level. Um, but he's probably got to wait his turn in the NFL, right? He just didn't quite have the skill set to, um, you know, supplant somebody as the starter. So now he's waiting for an opportunity. Um, maybe he'll get that this year and maybe Owen Papo will get one whenever he enters the league. We'll see how it shakes out. But for me, um, I don't have him super high on my list just because I don't think that he's a complete NFL linebacker. I think that he yeah. is going to be more of a utility linebacker. That's going to have to find his spot on the defense. All right. Who you want to head over to next? Let's see. Let's talk about somebody fun. Let's go grab. Let's go grab an interesting prospect. I'm going to have fun with this one. Um, we're going to grab Nolan Smith linebacker out of Georgia. I like him a lot, but go ahead. Yeah. Nolan Smith, uh, he spent four years at Georgia. Uh, obviously, he was the number one overall recruit in his class, five-star recruit. Uh, he's 22 years old. Um, he was the 2018 Anthony Munoz Award winner, um, and the award has given annually to the best lineman in high school football. He was a U.S. Army All-American, uh, and he's 6'2", 238. So um, here's what we need to know about Nolan Smith. His RAS looked really, really great. Obviously, he runs a 4'3", unbelievable for a guy his size 6'2 248 or 238 i'm sorry so again a guy who uh really has that prototypical nfl size a uh, guy that i could see playing um, pretty much anywhere on the defense a guy that you could have coming off the edge and, and create pressure on the quarterback or a guy that could be patrolling and just running sideline to sideline with just about anybody on the field um, he's really diverse in his athleticism. I think that is going to serve him well. Now, here's the one knock, right? You look at what he did in college. Um, in 2019, he only had uh, 18 tackles. Uh, 2020, he only had 20, 21 tackles. And you look at both those seasons, his first two seasons, he played 11 games and then seven games. Uh, and then 2021, he comes back, he plays 12 games. Uh, most of the season, obviously, um, he totaled 53 tackles, uh, eight tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. So a bit of a bounce back year for him. He really kind of came strong in, in 2021. Um, but in 2022, he's out there for eight games, 18 tackles, seven for loss and three sacks. The problem that I've got with Nolan Smith and that I've had with, with ranking him probably honestly appropriately is the fact that he's not available. Um, you know, half the time he's missing significant time. Um, so the injury concern is real with him, especially when you see this kind of pattern uh, of injury in such a short amount of time. Now, do things happen? Of course, of course they do. Um, that's not to say that he's going to continue to have those problems. And, you know, quite honestly, I hope he doesn't because I think he could be a really great player at the NFL level. If he's able to play 18 games in a season and he's able to be as, you know, athletic as he was in college and um, productive as he was in college when he was on the field, this guy is going to be a problem in the NFL, no doubt about it. But I, I worry about the availability and the injury concerns. What are your thoughts on Nolan Smith? Yeah, if he had 
played more in college and had more productivity due to that, I think we'd be talking about him as an early first-round pick lock Mm -hmm. because he has so much of what you want. Um, Technique is great with him. He's a leader on that defense when he's out there. He's super strong. Great run – great against the run, rather, and he can take on blockers and not get eaten up despite his size. I mean, you can see him out there on plays taking on guys much bigger than him and winning just because of the technique that he has and how strong he is. And that's one of the things – he's probably – more of an edge player than an inside guy just because he has that background. It's more how he was used at Georgia. The size doesn't necessarily lend itself for you to think that. You know, you're thinking of edge guys, you're usually thinking of someone a couple inches taller, a little bit stronger, with more pass rushing moves. And his pass rushing isn't as great as you'd want from an edge guy, but it's adequate enough that, you know, he can do it. I think for fantasy purposes, I might like him even more in a large variety of leagues if he is an edge player that ends up getting to start because he does so well against the run. Again, his tackle numbers aren't there, but I think that's going to come with how well he does against the run, just taking on guys in college. And the other thing to think about, you know, for the past four or five years, George has been a powerhouse just in terms of the talent that they've accumulated, how well they've done, and the players that they've had in that NFL success. So I think some of it is you see these teams that are stacked, you used to see with Alabama, times too when they would rotate guys guys couldn't get on the field as much someone will talk about later on the show that dealt with that at alabama for a couple of years mm-hmm. so again love the prospect love what i see out of him but your point is completely valid that the injury stuff is a concern and is he going to hold up over the course of a season or multiple seasons because if you can't stay on the field you're not getting us fantasy points and that's what we're looking for here so um, yeah, I'm a big fan of his, but that is a, a concern I have too. Yeah, I was just disappointed that he didn't do the bench press. Um, when he, I don't know if this was, I guess, what it would be at the combine because I know he was at the combine. He didn't do a bench press, so I couldn't reference quite how strong he was. But do you think that maybe he would still be bench pressing if he started? Um, can you repeat that? <laughs> I was saying, do you think that maybe he would still be bench pressing if oh, he had started at the at I the combine? <laughs> no, He's, that strong. Saying, yeah. <laughs> He's that uh, strong. Yeah, he very him. well maybe. I mean, I think he'd probably <laughs> in who knows whatever the reason was. I didn't look into it why he didn't do the the bench press either. But yeah, I mean that guy, the way that he takes on those blockers and guys probably that much bigger injured. than him, it could throw him around. That that very well could be because <laughs> he did get injured to end the season last year. So yeah. But, yeah, his testing was – I mean, literally yeah. the only thing that he didn't test well with is his size and weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, and I'm not worried about that. No. Um, well, since I sort of led into it, I'm going to go to uh, one of our favorite guys here at Roto Heat, and uh, he's right up there in terms of actual linebackers. I think he's actually number one in our combined linebacker rankings, which you can find over at rotoheat.com, of course. It's Drew Sanders. Now, Drew Sanders is an interesting guy because he was a five-star recruit in 2020, 22nd overall. Um, Spent two years at Alabama and didn't play a ton. He was in a rotation. He played special teams. But if you go look at his stats, he didn't have nearly the production that you'd think of for that big of a recruit playing on a great team. So he ended up going to Arkansas for this past year where he was first-team All-SEC, first-team All-American, He's got great size, 6'4", 235, and that production. So I mentioned he didn't do a whole lot when he started off here at 
Alabama, but when he went to Arkansas, the production just blew off the roof. 103 combined tackles, 13.5 for a loss, 9.5 sacks. What I do like about him is he has that versatility where he played more sort of strictly inside at Alabama when he was, you know, rotational guy and all that. But Arkansas used him all over, and that really spoke to his strength because he's a plus athlete. He's got the size to play edge or linebacker. He's got the strength to hold up against uh, blockers and get off those blocks. The only negative I have here for him really is that he needs more experience wherever they're going to put him because he only has that one year of starting. And due to that, you'd think some of the more nuanced things like coverage, misdirection, he struggles with a little bit. But when you look at the jump that he made once he actually got the chance to start, his profile coming in at that athletic score, um, he's a fantastic prospect that I'm really excited in. I don't know if any linebackers are going to be taken in the first round of this year's draft, like, you know, true middle-type linebackers, not edge guys. But if one is taken, it's probably going to be him, I would think. I know you like him, so why don't you tell everyone else what you like about him as well? Huge fan. So whenever I started watching film on this rookie class and trying to uh, just kind of figure out who's who and what's what, because um, it's always kind of my first go-to. Like, I, I'm not particularly into the stats. I mean, obviously, I look at those and, and I consider those, but I really – get excited when I put the film on. And this is a guy that when I watched it, I instantly knew, oh yeah, this guy's different, like different, different. And I kept watching film and I kept thinking not better than Drew Sanders, not better than Drew <laughs> Sanders. Like it was insane. Um, and I just, this was the guy that I like, boop, let me plant my flag right here on this one. Love him. Um, huge fan of him. Did he test off the charts? Like some of the guys that we've seen on this list? No. I think he tested well for what he is. He's 6'4", 235, uh, runs a 4'5", 940, which is plenty fast enough for how he can be yeah. used in the NFL. Um, you know, to your point, I thought he he did a lot of things extremely well. You you see the closing speed that he has, uh, you know, against a guy like Bryce Young. Uh, there's a play that stands out to me that I watched. Um, you know, Arkansas is playing Alabama, and, and he just closes the gap on Bryce Young uh, quick. I mean, and Bryce Young can't even hardly react. And that was just impressive. Um, so he, he did a lot of good things against Alabama, actually, um, this past season. And, and I saw those things on film. And anytime I see players who are doing that against that kind of competition, um, you'd love to see that. So it makes you wonder, you know, what happened to Alabama? I don't know. I can't speculate. Uh, I, I wasn't on uh, Drew Sanders at that time. I don't think anybody was. You look at the numbers, and he just didn't really get a whole lot of opportunity. And I can explain why. Um, but what I can say is sometimes guys just turn it on, right? He goes to, he changes schools, gets a change of scenery, gets an opportunity, and maybe the light just kicks on for this guy. 103 total tackles, 13 and a half for loss, nine and a half sacks. I mean, the guy cleared literally a hundred tackles and still put up nine and a half sacks, 13 and a half uh, tackles for loss. He's a machine. Um, he can do it in a lot of different ways coming off the edge. Um, he, he, you know, he has good balance, um, makes good use of his hands. He's quick. Um, he can knock people off balance. He's explosive. He plays aggressive. Uh, and then you watch the way that he's able to cover, um, you know, anywhere on the field, whether it's against the run or against the pass. I mean, he's everywhere. Um, he really was the, you know, the clear standout best player on this Arkansas team the heart and soul of that defense. And I'd love to see him get the same opportunity in the NFL. I'd love to see him come in, get the opportunity to lead a defense and see what he does with that. 
Uh, I think he has all the tools to be great. Uh, great, great. Um, so he's a guy that I'm going to be targeting very, very high uh, in my drafts this year. Probably could potentially be the first player that I'll take, um, you know, the, you know, depending on where Will Anderson's going, of course. Um, but it should probably be the second player or third player off the board. Uh, very good. Yeah, and the versatility that he has, I think, is going to be huge because you don't have to worry about so much like where he goes NFL-wise. Like He's going to fit on a team whether they want to try him at linebacker or whether they want to move him just to edge, whether he does a mix of it. He's going to be able to get on the field and make plays for him. Now, immediately, if he's a first-round pick, you'd like to hope so. You know, most teams aren't going to be spending a first-round pick for a guy just to sit there. But uh, I think he should get opportunity year one. And, again, we'll see where he goes and how he's used. That'll matter for your specific league for scoring, whether it's tackle-based, big play. But uh, he's a guy that we're all excited about here. Do you think that in the NFL draft, do you think he makes it out of the first round, or is he a for-sure first-rounder? I'm not ready to say that there's a for-sure first-rounder at all in the draft this year for linebackers. Now, if Mm -hmm. a team sees him as an edge, I think there's more of a potential that he would because they – Clearly, if you look at the past few drafts, they're valuing those edge players a lot more right. than they used to. And linebackers are falling more than even just a couple of years ago when you had, you know, Devin White and Devin Bush going in the top 15 or whatever it was. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you are up next. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to keep this rolling for you guys. Uh, we're going to go to a guy who I think could um, really – really push for that you know i just mentioned where i thought maybe in fantasy drafts uh excuse me where i thought that um uh, drew sanders might go uh top three player obviously will will anderson's going to make a case to be the number one player off most uh boards in in idp fantasy Um, but another guy that could really challenge and and could could have a case here is trenton simpson linebacker out of clemson he spent three years at clemson uh, was a really really good player for them uh, a five-star recruit coming out of high school in the 2020 class uh, he was the 26th overall recruit um, he turns 22 this summer so he's still relatively young um, he's uh, a third team all acc in 2022 he's six foot two 235 pounds and when you look at some of the things that he did when he tested i mean incredible speed four four three forty that is unreal um, his 20-yard splits were great. 10-yard splits were great. So he shows that he's got that explosion. Um, his bench press looked really good with 25. Vertical looked good with a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical. So he's, I mean, man, the athleticism is there. He is extremely, extremely explosive and athletic. Uh, you love to see it. And then you, you look at the production. You know, 72 tackles in 2022. Um, he had four tackles for loss, two-and-a-half sacks. So he's creating, you know, just he's being disruptive in the backfield, getting to the quarterback. Uh, 2021 he had 12 and a half tackles for loss and six and a half sacks so he's consistently done uh you know a lot of good things in terms of tackling uh, getting to the quarterback um you know creating disruption in the backfield um he really is a complete linebacker in my opinion one that i think would be a three down linebacker probably somewhere in the middle of the field um, I'm not sure with his size that he's a guy that I, I would trust off the edge. 6'3", he's only 225. Um, but he is a guy that, you know, he could cover well and, and play the middle of the field. He's a, a pretty good tackler and against the run. So um, he's able to do a lot of good things there in the middle of a defense. And I think that uh, the other great thing is, you know, you talk about players who wear the green dot. Trenton Simpson seems like the kind of player that could wear the green dot on a defense, you know, lead the defense, call the defense, 
Um, he's he is a very intelligent player. Um, so he's a guy that I really like in this class and think could really push to be a top uh, probably three or four fantasy IDP player in this class. He is someone that when you watch out there, you kind of get vibes of Isaiah Simmons just because, you know, Simmons is a bit bigger than him, but they were used somewhat similarly at Clemson. You know, Isaiah Simmons was just a huge bulk up safety. that was used all over the field where Simpson Moore is a linebacker, true linebacker, but he can also do stuff out in coverage. So you know, there's some comparisons there, but, you know, don't go out thinking he's going to be Isaiah Simmons, whose future in the NFL looks like might even be in the secondary still. Mm-hmm. Simpson is going to be a linebacker that can just drop into coverage and do things with his speed. He's got great instincts. He also gets to the quarterback more than you'd think from what's probably going to be a line inside linebacker, like you mentioned, yeah. um, which is great to see for fantasy value and then versatility. Um Tackling in traffic, you know, getting off of blocks was something that I noticed that, you know, he can improve upon there. We don't want to talk only about the good stuff for the guys that we like here. And I really do like Simpson, too. I think he's a top three guy for me at the moment. He might be higher than that. But um, that athletic ability, you know, I think it was only a second to Campbell that we mentioned here um, when looking at these guys. And I'd say if you set them up next to each other in terms of their overall on-field performance, I like Simpson even better than Campbell in terms mm-hmm. of what he's done on the field. So yeah. he's pretty much everything you'd want athletically. He just needs to get refined a little bit more for the NFL. But I think the sky's the limit for him too. Yeah, agreed. We're going to go to a guy that is, I wouldn't say the opposite, but on the other side of the coin, sort of, we're going to Henry To'o To'o of Alabama. So he spent two years at Tennessee, and then he spent the past two years at Alabama. He was all SEC in 20 and 21 and first team all SEC, excuse me, second team all SEC in 20 and 21, first team in 22, 6'1", about 227 pounds. So when he was at Tennessee, he did all right in terms of his productivity with 72, 68 combined tackles, some thrown in for a loss there. When he went to Alabama, he stepped it up even more. He got 111 tackles in 94 and, you know, increase those tackles for a loss and sacks as well. He's a reliable, smart defender. He's strong. You know, he is able to move off of blocks. He does feel sort of like we talked about earlier with Sewell, not to the same degree, but more of a guy that could end up being a two down linebacker than a guy that's going to necessarily be out there at the NFL level for coverage. That was his biggest problem. He didn't have great speed. You know, he's smart. He knows what he needs to do in coverage, but I don't think he's just able to do everything that you'd want him to being out there, which, again, could limit his upside. But when you're mixing what he has there with that strong build, he's able to, you know, clearly get some pressure with those tackles for a loss and sacks. He's got those tackle numbers that you like overall with how reliable he is and just taking his assignment and executing on it and then able to sort of lead the defense too, you know, call the plays, get people lined up. I think there's definitely going to be a spot in the NFL for him, probably a a day two guy as well. Um, But there just wasn't as much in coverage that I like to see for today's NFL guys um, that you're going to have out there, all three downs or that potential anyway. What did you think? Yeah, I, man, I just, there's just something that I wasn't crazy about when I watched him on film. I don't know if he just seemed to, almost like I wouldn't say lack effort. Um, 
it just doesn't it just didn't seem like he was going 100 miles an hour you look at the production though at alabama um he, he did pretty well his last two years 111 total tackles followed that up with 94 total tackles in 2022 uh put up around eight eight uh, eight tackles for loss per season and then he averaged about three three and a half sacks per season between the two seasons so um he the production seems to be there but when i watched the tape it's like i just i'm like these things aren't adding up (laughs) yeah there's there's for me i think there are some deficiencies in his game um that i do have concerns about with him going to the nfl um you know again could he be a product of opportunity and and good landing spot yeah probably worth keeping an eye on um for sure i wouldn't write him off but i'm not a guy that again i'm i'm super excited about or or i'm super high on my rankings um and I think that it's just a matter of those deficiencies. I think those deficiencies that I saw at least were, were too, too hard to ignore, um, if you will. And so for me, he's a little bit down my rankings. Um, still an interesting prospect to a degree, you know, again, with that production, um, uh, you know, the, the flip side is like, conversely, I am super high on a guy who uh, had one great year of college production and drew Sanders. And then um, opposite of that with, henry tuotuo it's like mm, you know he was pretty productive but i don't really get super excited about him so i don't know why that is sometimes it's just how it shakes out but that's just how i feel about it well and you know there's other positions other teams that people you know get preconceived notions about throughout time in the nfl like you know quarterbacks at ohio state is one of them that people always say oh they don't convert to the nfl yeah. alabama through linebackers has had that for a while too and it's kind of interesting because you have a guy here that you know, transferred to Alabama for two years and was more productive than a guy that transferred out of there. And Drew Sanders that we had mentioned that was much more productive. And you sort of look at the linebackers of the NFL that they have it's coming from Alabama right now, Anthony Jennings, Christian Harris, Terrell Lewis, Mac Wilson, Rashawn Evans, Reggie Ragland. There really does seem to be a type where there's more of these big, strong guys in the middle that just aren't necessarily what you'd want in coverage, even going back, you know, in prior years, you have Dante Hightower, you had uh, Rolando McClain, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you could go farther, farther back. It gets less relevant to current time here, but it does make you wonder if that's just sort of the type of linebackers that they have there because those guys are able to clean up behind those great defensive lines that they have where they don't need these, you know, uber athletic guys. Um, and I think it is probably better for that fact that Drew Sanders was able to get out of Alabama so he could show what he could do and, you know, just not be a product of that system. Like it kind of feels to your point, you know, maybe we have another one of those with Henry here. Mm-hmm. You're up next. You are correct. Let's see who we're going to go to here real quick. Uh, Henry 202 got me a little tripped up. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Uh, we only got a couple here left, so I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to leave the, the, the Texas guy for you for sure. Um, I'm going to go here with Brenton Cox. This is a guy who I really liked when I put on the tape. I thought he was extremely athletic on, on film. Um, very explosive, a guy who's 6'4", 253. So, I mean, this dude is bringing some size. Um, he only ran a 4'8", so I do see him being more of, of an edge rush role. I don't quite think that he's got the speed to run sideline to sideline and make plays as a linebacker, as an off-ball linebacker. But what I do like is the power that he plays with and the strength that he he, he, he plays with. Um, yeah, in that regard, I think he's a pretty good, interesting prospect. 
Um, you know, in 2022 at Florida, he had 35 tackles. Eight of those were for loss. And then he did have two sacks, but you look at what he did in 2021 at Florida, uh, where he had 41 tackles, but he had 14 and a half ta uh, tackles for loss and eight sacks. So he was pretty productive in 2021, took a little dip there in 2022, obviously. So you hate to see that. Um, but you know, he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, number 23 overall prospect. He's only 23 years old. Um, and he did, he spent a year at Georgia and three years at Florida, but, um, he's a second team, all sec in 2020. So this is a guy who he is an interesting prospect to me because of what I saw in film and the fact that he does have the size to really play off the edge and be a disruptive pass rusher, um, just by using the strength and the size that he possesses. So I'm kind of curious of what you thought. Do you think, uh, he has a role in the NFL somewhere? So if you just look at his size and what he's done, um, at, you know, production wise, you'd think that he'd be a lot higher up on people's boards. But the problem is there's definite off the field concerns with him. He was dismissed from Georgia and Florida, both, I believe, um, which, you know, two big name programs. So talent was there to get on those teams, but he wasn't able to stay on them, which a lot of it's going to come down to interviews. Yep. How is he going to show up? And that's the stuff we're not going to know. But it's a red flag and that's going to play out more in the NFL draft and where he ends up going to be paying attention to that. But, yeah, I mean, physically he has what you'd want in a guy. As far as an edge guy, he is probably more of a 3-4 outside linebacker here. He's not really going to be a guy to fit in the middle. He did really well against the run, which, again, I like to see even from those edge guys because they're not just going to be one-trick ponies getting the sacks mm -hmm. only. Um, he probably can improve a bit just in terms of his technique and will get dismissed from a couple teams. You're not getting as much playing time, so he's going to have to probably add a couple more pass rushing moves to catch on as one of those guys on the outside there. But, uh, you know, he's strong, athletic. He's got a good bend. He's able to push against those blockers and break away from them. Is he going to be able to stay in the NFL? And is he going to get the right fit for a team as an outside linebacker? I don't really think he's probably a defensive end based on how he was used. So that where he goes and where his draft capital is, you know, maybe more than anyone we've talked about on here is going to be huge to mm -hmm. see if teams believe that he's going to be able to stick around. Right. I think we got two more guys on here. All right, I'll take the guy from Texas. Darmarvian Overshone, four-star recruit in 2018. He did five years at Texas. He's going to be 23 in August. So, again, one of the older guys we've had here. Mm -hmm. so first team all big 12 in 2022 decent size 6'3 229 he was a former safety that's a, how he'd been recruited as a safety so that is helpful in terms of coverage and you can kind of, kind of see that for him he's improved a lot you know if you look at older tape for him he was clearly a guy learning the position and i think that's important for nfl teams to see too in the sense that all right this guy hasn't stayed stagnant. You know, he switched positions. There was a learning curve. He's gotten better. Um, he's got good instincts. He does it pretty well at blitzing. He probably needs to get some bulk and strength to be able to hold up as a linebacker because mm -hmm. you can see him. He has trouble getting off of blocks. Sometimes the tackles, you know, they're getting broken tackles or missed tackles because of that fact, which, again, the NFL, that's only get exacerbated with these bigger, stronger guys at that level. So kind of a weird fit. For a linebacker, even still now, I certainly think he can make it, but he's not going to be a day one starter. He's going to be a guy that I would guess is probably being drafted at some point day three. He's going to be a depth piece. So could he turn into a starter for an NFL team? If he continues to grow like he has, yeah. 
I'm just not necessarily counting on it either. I think he's going to probably be a good depth piece throughout his career, especially with that flexibility to do that coverage stuff. But uh, in terms of a true linebacker, I, I, he's probably not going to be a starter at NFL level from what I saw. Yeah, that's that's about where I was at with him. You know, you look at the bench press, he got 15 reps. He was extremely low scoring in that regard compared to the linebackers in his class. So um, like you mentioned, you know, he's going to have to get the bulk up. I think they've got him listed on sports reference at 6'4", 217. Um, if he is able to change positions again, if he's receptive to changing maybe back into more of a nickel or a safety role, maybe you could see him finding a, a maybe maybe an easier path to playing time but again it's challenging like you can't just at the nfl level you can't it's just not easy to just switch positions like you can't just yeah. go wherever and play and play there i mean there's there's a mental there's a whole mental side to the game right and so you know i don't know where he's going to be on there um athletically you'd like to think that maybe he could find a spot somehow that way. Um, and like you mentioned, he does seem like he's going to be in more of a backup role in the NFL could make some noise on special teams possibly. Um, but as far as, you know, a fantasy contributor and a real NFL contributor, I think he's just going to be more of a depth piece. Um, so, uh, you know, sometimes you see guys find playing time through injury, things like that. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that he finds the field somehow, some way. Um, but I don't think that he's going to be drafted as such. I do think that, like you mentioned, he's probably going to be a day three draft, uh, a draftee, if you will. Um, and we'll see. We'll see where he goes. Um, but I'm not super excited about Overshone. Um, certainly not as a linebacker. And we'll see. You know, we'll see what he does in training camp. We'll see if he if he stays at linebacker. If they try to move him around a little bit. I think that leaves one guy for you here. That's it. All right, so Iku Leota, this guy, he is a very interesting prospect to me. Um, I just recently put his film on and took a, a little bit of time to uh, watch him. He does go by Andrew Leota, um, also Iku. I'm not really sure which one he prefers, but you look at the size. I mean, this guy, he's 6'3", about 260, um, 6'4", 250 on, on sports reference, so uh, pretty tall, pretty big, um, definitely has the size. Um, wasn't super productive in college. When you look at what he did in 2022, he did only play five games. Um, he had 18 tackles, five tackles for loss, and two sacks. So relative to the amount of games he played, sure, I guess he was pretty productive. Uh, 2021, he did have 10 tackles for loss, seven sacks, but he did only produce 23 tackles. And that's the most tackles he's present he's uh, he's produced in a, in a single season, you know, in all of his four years in college, which uh, for his first two years, obviously he was at Northwestern and then he transferred over to Auburn. So um, you look at the, uh, you know, some of the facts about him, he's a three-star recruit out of the 2018 class. Um, he did have an injury against LSU that ended his season yeah. um, in 2022. And that's, that's why he missed so many games. So again, uh, you know, in some regard, I think that he is an interesting prospect. He's, he's really big. He's, not super explosive though. That's the one thing that I saw that I thought that he kind of lacked. Um, he seems to to play high at times. I don't necessarily like to see that when I watch the film um, against the run. I mean, he doesn't really have great lateral agility to get off blocks. Uh, he can obviously, but um, he's not. He's just not super fast, super explosive. Um, he's a guy that I think again could, you know, 
could have some deficiencies in his game that, um, you know, prevent him from really doing anything significant at the NFL level. So he is pretty far down on my rankings. Um, it may be appropriate that he was the last guy that we talked about. Yeah, he's pretty pretty clearly a 3-4 outside linebacker. I should probably put myself back on screen or they think you're a ventriloquist. Uh, he, he has good effort. You already talked about the size, you know, how strong he is. He gets off of blocks. He's got nice explosiveness. He's still raw in terms of what he brings to the table. You know, you mentioned he got hurt this past year. He only had two years at Auburn. Moving off of blocks, speed isn't, you know, what you'd want for a top-end edge guy. But I think he'll probably be a rotational guy at the NFL level if he continues to grow into it because of, again, the size and what he showed on tape in terms of being able to get to the quarterback. But that was pretty much it in terms of what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying he's a one-trick pony. He hasn't even made it in the NFL. You know, that's I reserve that more for some guys once they get to the NFL and you've seen all right, they're going to get you a sack or they're going to get you nothing for fantasy football, which can mm-hmm. be fine for a rotational guy. Dante Fowler's made a career out of that to this point pretty much, and he was a really high draft pick. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Eku was really interesting in terms of just well, not one of those top guys, but someone that's going to get drafted and going to have a career in the NFL anyway as a pass rush guy. Just does he move to be more than that or even a starter for that matter? If I was a betting man on it, I'd probably bet against it, but uh, time will tell. And that's going to do it for us, folks. It is uh, about an hour into it here, and I don't recall exactly if we're doing defensive linemen or if we're doing edge players. Uh, They sort of meld into each other, just like some of these linebackers meld into them. But we'll be back with one or the other next week, talking about more 2023 rookies. Austin, anything to say to the viewers here before we head out? Well, I think we said it earlier in the show. You guys make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, Plenty of places you can find us, including on Twitter. Our, t- our Twitter handles are right below our faces. Uh, you can find us on Discord, join our Discord, and talk to all of us on there, talk with other people in fantasy. Um, and then, of course, we have the Facebook page, uh, lots of other cool places to find us. So definitely come check out Roto Heat, follow us, and thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, another week. We love seeing each of you guys here. Um, we love answering your questions, and we hope that we get to talk to you more of you guys next week. That's it. That's all I got. And the boss did confirm we had defensive linemen on the list. So it'll be defensive linemen nice. and then the rest of the edge players after that. So like Austin said, thank you everyone for tuning in. We will be back again at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern next Monday. Until then, have a great night, everybody. The IDP Heat Seekers is a proud member of the Roto Heat family of podcasts. Find more content on Dynasty, Redraft, Devi, and more at rotoheat.com.